We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 288. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And this is the October warming trend. I think, wasn't it last week we had the October slingshot, thermal yeah. slingshot or something? Yeah. It's doing it again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Powerful little cold front came through. It did. It was nice. I enjoyed it. I liked it, too. Wore my jacket all day at work. Several times. I never did take it off. Wow, I think the cave was warmer the whole weekend, wasn't it? It was. It was. Uh, it, you, a lot. Of it was just the same. The same. It didn't feel any different going in or going out. Oh, okay. But you can definitely feel when it when it warms up. If the temperature is more than five or six degrees cooler outside, you can feel that warm up pretty good. So. And also the door thing when you open it, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it warmer or is it colder? <laughs> Whichever the way tell. the wind's blowing. That's a, that's exactly how you can tell. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, it th- now this morning. Dude, it got down to 34.3. It, it was chilly. Yeah, and no frost advisories. Mm, not here. But Oklahoma. Yeah, Arkansas. I was kind of surprised because they were talking about, uh, you know, patchy frost and, you know, Tuesday morning, southwest Missouri. Didn't see, I kept watching, didn't see one frost advisory. But what, northeast Arkansas, Miami, what, southeast Kansas, did they get anything? I don't think so. Yeah. You know, and it got colder here. I think it was just the Tulsa oh, okay. office. Well, it's different down there, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Do you hear anything about the <clears throat> excuse me, about the big bird migration? There's supposed to be some major bird migration Sunday. Uh huge millions do, do, they, of, do they put this on their bird calendar? I guess. I don't Sunday? know. Sunday? <laughs> I don't know. Huh. I I saw it on the internet, so you know it's true. Haven't heard a thing. No, something happened. Birds were flying south by any chance. They, yeah, huh? They, I, I, Why would they be flying south right now? I, I have no idea. What? <laughs> Probably go catch up with the hummers because they're all down there. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, I mean, I know birds migrate. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. But it's like an event, and they were showing this this big graph on Sunday of the whole midsection of the country all white because millions of birds are going to be migrating south. And I didn't see anything. Um, Neither did I. Well, but, but uh, I wasn't watching either. <laughs> I was inside. Mm. How about that eclipse? It didn't happen. It did happen. What are you talking about? Well, I know, but I couldn't see it. Uh, got some nice pictures. It got a little, a little, you know, cloudier looking. It was cloudy one for, for it's one. It's a lot of cloudier looking here. <laughs> but then it got a, a bit dimmer than it would have, I think. Just a little bit. See, I didn't notice anything. Yeah. Now, it, apparently in Nixa, Don Gregory sent us that, sent, sent us that picture mm-hmm. where he, a little break in the clouds, and he actually got a little bit. And I think yeah. that one got some 
major traction. Um, I went to play disc golf. About that time, I threw my Eclipse glasses in my disc golf bag and thought, okay, if it breaks at all, I'm throwing these puppies on. I'm looking up there. It didn't break at all. No. Yeah. But six months later, six months from now. (laughs) Yeah. That's the biggie. That's the one I'm looking forward to. This was nothing compared to that. Oh, no, no. This was just something, what do they call it, the annular solar eclipse or annular yeah. lunar? I don't know what this is. It's total. I mean, it's still total where you're at yeah. down there, but it's not covering as much of the sun because the moon is further back from the Earth than it would be during a total eclipse. Oh, so it'd be smaller. It would appear smaller. Right. You have okay. a bigger ring around, like a ring of fire. Yeah. The moon is smaller in the circle of the sun. Now, in in April, it's going to be huge, and it's going to block the whole thing out. That's what they call a total. That's, yes. Do you have plans? No. I mean, I've been thinking about it. I don't know if I'm going to head east or southeast into Arkansas. I don't know. I might just go over into Missouri, maybe in a mountain home, Arkansas. That would be a good place. I don't know. I've been thinking... Poplar Bluff area. I mean, it's. I'll have to look at the map again. It's way I, over there. I did look. I don't know which is going to be easier because once we get into northern Arkansas, there's going to be mountains, which is fine. But well, as long as you can see up, right? <laughs> I'm trying to think where the less people would be because we went to Sedalia last time and there were some people, but uh, we saw. We, I mean, as long as there's no clouds, you just never know. Oh, that's the thing. Oh, we're gonna have to do our our yeah. big cloud. Remember that. Do you still have those graphics? Somewhere. <laughs> I remember the graphics, and you, we had the, the cloud meter or what we're going to think. Yeah, we'll have to make it a big event. Uh, Marilyn is planning something major. She's, uh, I think all of the uh, all the slots are full. They're going to go down to, oh, what'd they say? It's way down in Arkansas, more south, like Hot Springs or something like that. Maybe not Hot Springs. Wherever the totality is, and it's going to be a major, major deal down there. Um, I missed it last time. Uh, I, I mean, I missed the total last time. I want to see the total this time. Yeah, and it was it was worth going to Sedalia or wherever we went to see that. It was something we'll always remember. So hopefully, we'll remember it again. Yeah, I got better cameras now. Oh boy, I take better pictures. Well, if that battery would hold in the in the Mimo thing, mm-hmm. I don't think it holds more than like 20 minutes or whatever. That's fine. I just leave it hooked up. Anyway, we're getting off the subject. Cold Front passed through. It went through uh, Friday into Saturday. Uh, actually, it's kind of funny because the we had a couple of pushes. The first push had some rain with it. It wasn't big. Uh and the, timid, the the wind shifted to the west in a thin line of showers, which I thought was really funny on radar. This little bitty thin line of showers passed through, wind turned to the west. Uh, once it did, you texted me and it said... It got breezy. Yeah, you just got breezy, uh, which we knew. And then on Saturday morning, or late Friday night into Saturday morning, we had the, uh, the high pressure, <laughs> the edge of the high pressure moving in so the winds shifted to the northwest after that and then the clouds moved back in and that's what made for the for the the fall like weekend it did feel feel great i turned my heater on by the way really yeah hmm. now sunday we had to shut down the rides a few day a few times because heavy mist and rain that would shut down the rides some of them oh 
I didn't know that. I thought, like the fairy, just rain and storm. Well, lightning, I get. Yeah, there's reasons about, you know, they're hydraulic and there's sensors that it would affect. Oh. Just a few of them. Not very many, but they did have to do that because, I mean, it, the pavement was wet. People were wet. It was. Yeah. It, it actually rained for a few minutes, but it cleared out. But there was just a bunch of little showers dotting the area coming down from Springfield all the way through. Yeah, the, headed south. Yeah. That's what was so weird about it. You know, at one point, uh, it it got, I would say, moderate rain, but it lasted maybe 60 seconds. It was like, oh, man, this is going to amount to something. I don't even think our weather station just, it didn't record anything, I don't right. think. Or if it did, it was very, very light. Uh, so that passed. Uh, frosty morning, yeah, no frosty, okay, I did that. Um, basically, it looks like we are warming back up. We're going to go into warming trend. The average high for today, uh, this is Springfield, is 70 and the low 47. Now, next week, 1024, <laughs> the normal high is 67 and the low of 44. So we are really, really starting to go down. Uh, today, they talked about the high 69. I think we are, let me see, uh, I had uh, our weather station pulled up right now. We are recording, it's about 2 o'clock right now. Uh, our weather station says 68.9. Hmm. So it's uh, it's almost 70. But here's the weird thing. The National Weather Service forecast grid said the high 69. And then I checked right before we started recording, and it says the high 63. I'm like, no, no. For today? Yeah. Yeah, they lowered it 6 degrees. My car's at 72 on the way over here. Yeah. Perfect. Just the airport weather. only has 64 right now. Yeah, 70, well, 63 for a high today. 76 for tomorrow, though. Yeah, way warm up. A big bump. I think another little dry front's coming through. Well, no, a well a front is supposed to come through. I want to get to the model minute in a minute. Haha. And uh, but they're talking about maybe a little thing coming to the north. That'll kind of cool us back down. But then temperatures on the grid, you know, are just. <laughs> above, not well above, but looks looks like next Monday, next Monday, it says high 78. We'll see. We'll see about that. I, I'm, I'm not too sure. So uh, anyway, I've also heard there could be an active pattern setting up. So why don't we get to your Model Minute and find out? Model Minute, Model Minute, what do they say? the model minute yeah lots of questions going out here you know how long was this heat gonna last is is it what are you seeing are you seeing a active pattern next week what i am Ooh. okay tell me about it i'm just looking at the rain right now because i like rain mm -hmm. we, need, we need rain to survive right we do to keep us in drought nothing in the near term nothing high pressure going through almost right on top of us in the next few days but other than that a little rain developing in southwest Missouri, heading over into the St. Louis area. And we're talking uh, Monday, which is nine, well, Next six, week. seven days away. Wow, okay. Uh, nothing before then. Nothing even close. Interesting. Okay. But, uh, but there's a few things coming up out of Oklahoma after that, into the next week, that bears watching. I mean, this is a good uh, end of the month, 1026. But yeah, this looks like a interesting scenario with some uh, showers and possibly heavy thunderstorms. A, a, a classic, you know, almost looks like a spring type situation. Ooh, I like here. that. Yeah. 
So, and after that, right after that, just a few days later, another one possibly comes through. Now, what, what are we looking at here? It looks a little yeah, different. tell me about that. Um, <coughs> let me widen out my view. I uh, hit the sounding, and I don't want that. I know they have these little. If you tap, tap it, it just brings well, up. I'm that on sounding. my phone too, so yeah. it's a lot harder. Bring to that do. iPad out here. <laughs> yeah. It's so far away. This is we're talking almost Halloween here. We're talking almost November here. Oh, okay. There's a couple of uh, systems moving through that bear watching. I mean, you can't get too far into it this early, but uh, at least it's not a dry, a dry loop on the uh, on the model minute. Yeah. There. Now, now last week it was just it was pretty pr- pretty bleak at that yeah. point. Now also, um, well, you're you're gonna have fun. You're gonna have to train chair or whatever next weekend. Not. This upcoming weekend, but the next weekend of the 26th, 27th, I'm going to be in Dallas with Maryland. So I am not going to be here. And I, that's in that kind of where you're, what you were looking at of something yeah. big. Cause if you're going to be caving, uh, I'm, I'm going to be running sound. So uh, we'll cross that bridge. How hard can it be to do sound and post warnings? You know what I'm saying? On the same computer? Yeah. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's true. I'll do my best, but at least we got uh, our special secret in our pocket to pop those warnings. Okay, so next week, we will have a lot better idea of what's going to happen. So, And like you said, like Corey just said, it's like this is not a forecast. This is, this is something we're looking at. It's a trend. We're following a trend. We'll see if this trend continues. And the temperatures are, you know, up there for this time of year, you know, 78, almost 80 wouldn't surprise to get 80. Uh, oh, you think we're going to hit 80? Wow. Definitely in Oklahoma. I mean, Tulsa and Oklahoma City is looking like 86. Holy cow. And this is just a GFS, and we're talking a week out from today. So that'll change, but, yeah. you know, it's on there. Uh, I don't see anything warm like that for us, but I see well into the 70s, 80, almost 80 degrees. Okay. I can handle 70s. Uh Possibly that front that's coming through that we were talking, looking, seeing that those storms come on. Definitely a definitely a cold front. Okay, because uh, you can definitely see the uh, temperature gradient on the radar. Yes, nothing too, nothing too stupid cold though. But just uh, uh, like your typical cold front looks like down into the fifties, and shortly after that, back into the sixties. Nothing into the seventies, mm-hmm. and that other secondary thing. Kind of, kind of the same thing. I don't see any. You know what? I don't see any freezing temperatures on this model minute. Good, good. So people are asking about their their plants. If they survived last night, which I do believe mine did. Uh huh. I think they're good for a while. Well, we had we had one guy who's got got uh, got some maters like you, and uh, an- another another guy. Oh, Hannah. Yeah, I know Hannah. She uh, she's got some cucumbers. And she well, was asking about cucumbers, and apparently she said she just threw a blanket over them, which that's what you do. We had the... I didn't. I just trusted my gut. <laughs> I didn't think we were... I trusted the National Weather Service by not popping that frost advisory. They yep. did post a little thing yesterday on uh, National Weather Service, the criteria, what they do for frost advisories. Oh, did you see this? No, I did not. Yeah. Let, uh, me, let me pull that up real fast. Yeah, because it would be good for all of us to know, because right. I... Uh, well, I they, they, it. it was a little trivia, I think they did. 
about what's the criteria? Why would we pull a pop a frost advisory and nobody really knew? Yeah. Uh, let's see if I can find it. I'm gonna play play our fall drop. It's fall, is it? Yeah. All right. Says we must have stumped everyone with our poll, which I don't even see the poll. I didn't either. Uh, what we look for when we forecast frost. So here's the answer. Frost is most likely to form when temperatures are at or below 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Wind speeds are low and skies are clear with high relative humidity. Clear skies help surfaces cool to freezing and relative humidity near 100% results in the water vapor condensing onto surfaces. It is possible for frost to occur at temperatures slightly above freezing, up to 38 degrees. Hence the possibility last night. Of course, it says tonight because this post was yesterday. Okay, yeah. But this is uh, it's most likely when it's closer to freezing. Frost doesn't actually signify the end of the growing season, though. We consider the freeze date to be when temperatures are at or below 32 for long enough to severely damage or kill crops. Average freeze dates for our area typically range from the 14th through the 30th of October. Oh, wow. Because I think the frost dates are on the 15th. So I guess the freeze date would be after that. That's fascinating. And it is true. And, and, we got to have that high pressure over us, and if the wind go, it keeps blowing. It's right. the the chance of frost is low to none at right. that point. Right. I I missed that whole thing, so I'm glad you read that. There you go. Wow. The more you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Is that all you got on the model minute? Yeah. Okay. At least least for at least for this it, time. It, I, you know, it was eye candy for me. Well, now you got Seeing me like that, all all excited because yeah, thinking that next week or something it could be something. Fun. Yeah, you'll be in Dallas. You won't be here. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll be before you leave. Yeah, one well, of them. Will well, be I here. can post outside of the actual, you know, uh, actual conference. That's, that's, There's a six-hour window where I can't do anything. Oh, I've got to do we'll stuff. See. All right, let's get to the next segment. <laughs> yes, uh, got to keep this going until we get that hard freeze, and we're still pollen.com. Has ragweed, primary pollen, although uh, today and tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday, is medium low, and then Thursday through Saturday is low, like down in the one and a half to maybe up to two, which is kind of odd because now we're getting these uh, warmer temperatures back in the 70s starting tomorrow, but the ragweed's low. Now, there's other pollens out there, but... Pollen.com just says the primary wind is ragweed. Well, here's the pollen count from the Springfield Green County Health Department as of this morning. Good. Okay. What's up? Two. <laughs> Everything. Trees, none. Grass, none. Mold, low, not measurable. And ragweed is two. And that's it. So there's just two ragweeds out there. Two ragweeds. Wow. Nothing else. Now, something you said that's kind of caught my ear. Grass is none? Grass, none. Because last week, grasses was up there. Yeah. Uh, my guess is they did the final mow. I mean, the grass. my grass is, you can tell, it's it's kind of, everything's kind of slowing down. Mm-hmm. So that would kind of make sense. But ragweed's nice and low. I think we're, I think we're heading to the, a good direction. And then we're going to get that freeze anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, once the freeze comes on, then the pollen report goes away until next 
next mm. spring. Yeah. So if you're an allergy sufferer, this could be a really good good week for you. I mean, good day right now. I didn't look at it yesterday though. Yeah. Two ragweeds and no mold. No mold. That's wild. Well, there's low mold, but low not mold, enough okay. to not enough to uh, count. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Which means we need rain. My cave's dry right now. I oh. mean, dry. We need some rain. Yeah. And not eight inches in one day. We just <laughs> right. <laughs> well, maybe next week. I mean, right now I checked the drought. Uh, I've kind of gone away from the, the drought report, but um, uh, yeah, Springfield's not in drought now. Now, again, this is from last Thursday. Branson has not been in a official drought for quite a while. Although it's dry, it's it's not considered drought because we take in well, yeah. consideration. It's not just... But if my cave's dry, it's usually trending in the wrong direction. Yeah. So let's keep our fingers crossed for that next time. I don't know. Let's, I mean, it's, we're lucky. The whole state is dry, dry, drought dry. So, I mean, we just happen to be in that part. Oh, yeah. That is not in a drought. South of 44 and east of... But the rest of the state, anything to our north is just, it's not good, so... Oh, West Central? I mean, what is it around Nevada? Is that it? Nevada? There's still an extreme. Extreme drought. D3 or... Wow. D, yeah. Or D4. D3. One of those. Yeah, D3. Yeah, they've got to have... So, well, if you notice radar, most of, this, most of this stuff keeps developing in southwest Missouri, and they keep saying all these all these things coming along. They said greatest you know precipitation amounts considered you know south of forty four. Well, that's us, and that's where we're out of the drought. So let's keep our fingers crossed there. All right, let's get to the next segment. Tropical, tropical, tropical. It's tropical. Overall, tropics are kind of good out there. I mean, there's not a lot of things going on, but there's some things we need to watch. And uh, I think Corey's looking at that as the same thing I do. It's uh, called, just in, in the Atlantic, Disturbance AL94, which uh, it, I think it's a different number over there. It's approximately 1,100 miles east of the Windward Islands. Uh, a seven-day probability of... Uh, becoming something is 80%, so it's something to watch. Uh, they said a tropical depression is likely in a few days, and the lesser... is not one already. Really? Yeah. Oh, I I think, isn't it disorganized, kind of? But it, it is organizing, I think. It's only 25 miles per hour. Oh, well, yeah. What is it, 30? Is that a TD? Or 35? You know, I don't... I think TD is closed circulate, or... Yeah, when it starts to get organized right. or something. Yeah, Tropical Storm is 39. We know that. Um, but anyway, if you're in the Lesser Antilles, you kind of need to be watching this thing. Um, uh, it, we're getting late in the season. Uh, that doesn't mean it, it will not form because those waters are stupid warm still out there. Um, that's all I'm seeing in the Atlantic. You see anything else out there? Not in the Atlantic, but there is in the Pacific. Yeah, there's something going on out there. Is a Pacific disturbance a few hundred miles southwest of Mexico becoming much better organized. A seven-day probability of becoming something is now 100%. I would say it's pretty darn close. Yeah, it's going to go. It's got some circulation, and it. it looks pretty good. Oh, okay. It, it's going to go then. Uh, and another disturbance just south of Guatemala, which is right there, Central America. Uh, they say it's a gradual development, going to move west. Yeah, it could come, become something, seven-day probability of 70%. 70% of a something coming out of it in seven days, if that makes any sense. Uh, <clears throat> that's all I'm seeing on the... Yeah, that's about it. 
Yeah, so it's still going out there, but yeah, that one, that one that's southwest of Mexico, that's that's gonna, that's gonna be something, but it may not last long. I don't know. So, well, as soon as that other one hit, hit Mexico, it dissipated. It was a Cat Four and just dissipated to nothing. Wasn't that weird? That was weird. Because I remember texting you saying, "Okay, this is a Cat Four. It's hitting Mexico. I'm wondering if it's going to go over into the Atlantic, uh, or the Gulf, like some of those do." Man, that thing just stopped. Are there mountains? There must be mountains there or something. There's got to be something. Yeah, because you can't be a Cat 4 and within 12 hours go, oh, uh, remnants. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. That, that's crazy. Uh, okay. Uh, this week's Weather School is all about weather models. Corey was looking at, were you looking at Pivotal? Through Pivotal, I, I look at Tropical Tippets. There's several of them out there. Uh, College of DuPage. You can, you can find weather models anywhere. They're public access. Uh, GFS is the one we look at uh, when, we, when we do the longer ranges. I tend to look at the Canadian sometimes. There's your, they're all over the place. So this weather school explains much of the, many of the models, not all of them because there are hundreds, and how you can figure out how they work. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Stormed Our Weather School. This week's topic is all about weather models. You've heard us constantly talk about models on our Facebook page, so we wanted to give you some insight on exactly what they are and how they work. There are so many different types of models out there, and they involve intense calculations of data provided by radiosondes. A radiosonde is a battery-powered instrument carried in the atmosphere by a weather balloon filled with hydrogen, and they're released twice a day from around 92 different National Weather Service offices all around the country. The balloons take the radiosondes way up in the atmosphere to measure things like altitude, temperature, dew point, wind direction and speed, and barometric pressure. Eventually, the balloons will burst after reaching a height of around 13 miles, and the radiosonde will fall back to Earth. You might happen to find one of these radiosondes on your property sometime. They're all equipped with a prepaid postal bag, so all you'd need to do is put the instrument in the bag, and the post office will return it to the National Weather Service for recycling. The raw data collected by the radiosondes are relayed back to the National Weather Service office and fed into supercomputers. In essence, the models themselves are computer programs that produce a future state of the atmosphere. All of them use mathematical calculations and project how they think the atmosphere will behave in the future. Each model uses slightly different equations and we get slightly different solutions with each one. Their accuracy is good one to three days out and starts decreasing after that. Most models are pretty good up to six days and only somewhat accurate after that. There are two types of weather models. One, probabilistic, and two, deterministic. Probabilistic models vary the starting conditions slightly and are basically producing a what-if scenario. The deterministic models are ones that run with a specific set of conditions and result in a single conclusion.
One of the main ones we use is the GFS, or Global Forecast System. This one is updated every six hours and is designed for short, medium, and long-range output. This one can forecast 384 hours or 16 days out, although the accuracy really diminishes after about seven days. We also use the NAM, or North American model. It's similar to the GFS, but it has a shorter range in forecasting and only goes out about 84 hours. Another popular one is the ECMWF, or the European Center for Medium Range Weather Forecasting Model, or what we call the EC or European. It's different from the GFS and the NAM. The EC uh, has a high resolution and is able to forecast smaller scale processes. The difference between the American models, the GFS and the NAM, and the European is that the European collects data every hour for 12 hours before generating an output. The EC only updates twice a day and is really considered a little bit more accurate than the American models. Each model uses hypothetical situations and compiles a best guess based on the data they ingest. The GFS uses 21 hypothetical situations while the EC uses 51. The models run various scenarios and change small variables with each run, and then they select the most common result. Usually, most models come into the same agreement about two days out. A few other models in this category are the RGEM, or Regional Deterministic Prediction System, that's another Canadian model, and the JMA, which is a Japanese model. Some of the other shorter range models we use are the HRRR, or HER, which stands for High Res Rapid Refresh. This one only goes out 18 hours, but it's updated every hour. This one's good for very near-term forecasting, like severe weather events. Another is the WRF, or WARF, which stands for Weather Research Forecasting, and only goes out 48 hours. The WARF also updates every hour. There are even models that focus more on tropical weather, like the HWRF, or the Hurricane Weather Research and Forecasting Model. This one is a cousin to the WARF, and it's designed to track disturbances over the oceans. One of the longer-range models is the CFS, or Climate Forecast System. This one doesn't focus too much on near-term weather, because it's designed to look at the global climate patterns and make seasonal forecasts. Models only generate output for slices of the atmosphere in which weather and patterns have a propensity to differentiate. The first slice is taken at roughly 5,000 feet, where the friction from the Earth decreases considerably, and the airflow is more constant. The next slice is around 10,000 feet, and at around 18,000 feet, we're able to see areas of vorticity better, like low-pressure systems and ridges of high pressure. The top two slices are around 30,000 and 38,000 feet, and that's where we can see the jet stream much easier. Because models only give us slices of the atmosphere, then it's up to the human forecaster to make judgments on what weather should occur in the entire vertical column. Models are only used as a guide, and it's up to the forecaster to make the final call. Weather models are very complex, and it would literally take hours to fully explain the ins and outs of how they work, but this should give you a basic knowledge of weather models. 
So next time you hear a forecaster say, models are indicating, then you'll know what we're talking about. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. Yeah, my favorite is, I think we played this before, is the ICON. Uh, remember what ICON stands for? I used to. It's I, German or something. Icosahedral non-hydrostatic. I love that. Oh, yeah. That was on the tip of my tongue. Uh, you know, I saw it. You, you, it was you kinda, Yeah, I saw your tongue. It's right. That's, that's where I got it, actually. I saw your cool. tongue. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's time for In Other News. I have one thing. This is going to be a short B section here. Um, I have where the hole in the ozone is the biggest it's ever been. And uh, the quote is, measurements from the Copernicus Sentinel-5P satellite shows that this year's ozone hole over Antarctica is one of the biggest on record. The hole, which is what scientists call the, quote, ozone-depleting area, reached a size of 26 million square kilometers. I'm not sure what miles that is. On September 16th. And they said this is roughly three times the size of Brazil. Now, this is from the European Jeez. Space Agency. So I, I trust them. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that could be one of the reasons that Antarctica is heating up a little bit. One of many, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, there's, there are many, mm -hmm. trust me. <laughs> so you don't got anything over there? Hey, it's the 34th anniversary of the last large earthquake uh over in the san francisco bay area remember when all the the last big one they're having the a world series or a baseball game and they were shaking on this on the field and all the the uh, interstates were falling down the freeways were falling down and killed 63 people that was 34 years ago today wow so it's been a long time it seems like when i was a kid they always had earthquakes over in california it's been a while yeah since We've had a big earthquake over in California. So are they due? It seems like that's what I mean. It's like, it's like a it's like good thing, but it's kind of a right. scary thing. Exactly. <laughs> the earth's getting right. because I mean, if you're older than thirty four years old or younger than thirty four years old, you're not going to remember a real big one and real deadly earthquake in California because they kind of calmed down a little bit. Yeah. So there's a whole generation that doesn't know what that's like. Now I I think there's like small ones because I well, keep, sure. keep talking to some of my friends out there and there's like, yeah, and I just want to... Like, anything I anything over a seven is what I'm talking about. Oh, you know, no, that's, that's major. Major, major earthquake. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that day. It was eight, 1989, 34 years ago. It doesn't seem wow, like I was in, Wow. Oh, yeah, I was moving to St. Louis at that point. Hmm. How about that? Hmm. Now, it was only... This one was only a uh, seven, so... I thought it was a little like, I mean, you uh, the, you know the difference between like a seven and a seven point two is astronomical. Oh yeah, when it comes to you know earthquakes, it's, it's uh, yeah. Um, I mean, well, well, the it, the magnitude increases exponentially, not additively. It it mm -hmm. like doubles and doubles each right. time. So yeah, a seven is even a six point eight is pretty bad. Sure, absolutely, <laughs> especially in a big city like San Francisco. Yeah, you know where you got all that 
you know, you're going to damage a lot of things. A lot of, a lot of the buildings now in there, I'm sure in San Francisco, they've gone, you know, earthquake proof or as much as they can, you know, they, yeah, different types of construction because they had to rebuild all that, but. Kind of like in Florida, where the, everything's hurricane proof. Absolutely. Yes, I know that. Just like uh, your basement's flood proof. Yeah, exactly. Oh God. Uh-huh. So, so, so. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm lucky. I'm lucky. Well, we haven't had that massive, continuous three inches an hour rain for whatever. No. Yeah, and I, what I need to do is make sure the uh, extender is connected to the downspout. That's where the problem was. Gotcha. Because when the extender's off the downspout, the water goes down and runs right next to the house. It mm. runs in my basement. There you go. So when my buddy Phil was out there hacking away at my mm-hmm. uh, uh, shrubs, I said, do not remove this. Make sure it's, it's up there. And I've been lucky so far, so knock on wood. Good deal. Yes. Is that all you got? That's all I got. Okay, let's get to the last segment. It's the weather word of the week. And it's time for the Weather Word of the Week, and I thought I'd had this one before, but I did not. So, Corey, what is this week's Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week? Angels? Yeah, pretty simple. So, angels. What are angels? Just radar echoes caused by birds, insects, localized refractive index, (laughs) (laughs) discontinuity. We'll Discontinu- try it. Dis- discontinuities. There you go. Well, I got to be deep. Yeah. Yeah. Discontinuities. So, so that's uh, a hard word, actually. <laughs> I had to read it twice. Um, uh, bats. Anything, anything, basically. Yeah. Anything other than precipitation that we see. We, we see the, the, the bats on radar all the time. It, in the Well, not all the time, but in the evening, in the summer. Whoosh, yeah. You know, or migration of the insects. We see this fast thing. You can see uh, butterflies. Butterfly. Yeah. Tarantulas? Can you see tarantulas on there? Probably so. Yeah. If they were flying. Oh, yeah. That'd be scary, wouldn't it? That'd be really scary. Yeah. <laughs> flying tarantulas? Oh, my God. No, we, I know. we have some big bats that kind of look like that. Yeah. How, how, is, are the bats winding down now? What's, what's Not the... Not yet. Oh, okay. So they still leave at it's night. mating season. Oh, okay. Yeah. When, when do they kind of shut down? Uh, December. Oh, December. Okay. I mean, they're supposed to be shutting down now, but they're not yet. I'll let you know, though. Okay. I'll let you know when I see, start seeing a slowdown, but we haven't seen one yet. Anytime, they'll start slowing down. Because you say when they start hibernating, you kind of got to well, keep gotta, it quiet. We got to wait for that freeze because oh, right now they're eating all the mosquitoes still. I'm good with that. Each bat can eat 600 mosquitoes in one hour. Holy crap. So... Good for them. If the mosquitoes are gone, then they're going to start hibernating. But right now, you know, they're like those hummingbirds getting all that energy they can stored up for the winter for their hibernation. So they're out and about. You know, I was telling my mother, hi, mom. She listened to this. Uh, I texted her this morning. I have been really hungry these past two days. I mean, I would eat a meal and like an hour later, it's like, I want something more. Right. So I said, I'm probably ready for that winter hibernation. Yeah, I am for... Yeah, but that would mean that I would sleep the whole winter and not have to eat anything. Nothing wrong with that. As long as I lose weight, I'm good. <laughs> might, might get cold, you know. Will it get cold? We don't know. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it, we're not going to do that right now. I not, mean, not th- for this month. This, yeah, especially this week is going back up. Could be 70s. You said maybe 80, maybe next week. We'll have to see. It wouldn't surprise me. No, and, and this is typical. 
I mean, we're, we're not really surprised at this. This is October. October is transition month. We've got these. Yeah, but we're, we're, we're going to be in November soon. Yeah, November. Yeah, we're going to start settling that. And again, next week, what I say next week, the average high for Springfield on the 24th is 67. So we're, that's three degrees less than what it is this week. So, yeah. so we're going downhill. Okay. Well, enjoy this weather while, while you... Uh, well, it lasts because it's going right. to go away. All right. Got anything else? No. Okay. Let's wrap this thing up then. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like and follow our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up, have us show up in your news feed. How many times have I read this? <laughs> you can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. Podcast.